Verdadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. At the end of each episode, I will be checking in with psychologist and fellow dad Todd Kettner as he shares his insights into parenthood. My name is Blue, and I am a Dad Without Borders. Hello, and welcome to this week's Dad Without Borders. Now, this week, it's the holidays, and everybody is away camping and having a good time. And so this week, we do not have um, either Catherine or Todd joining us for a pro debrief at the end of the show. Uh, It's just a great conversation with Judson. he shares an amazing story, his journey to become a parent, which was not an easy one. So for anyone that's struggling to have a child uh, that maybe can relate in some way to fertility issues is really going to enjoy this and find it an interesting share. Uh, so a huge thank you to Judson for sharing and being so open uh, with his story. Judson also has had, as many of us have, struggles with the COVID pandemic and work. So as a main earner for his family, uh, he talks about having to dive into forest firefighting and finding other ways of earning money. Um, So that's really interesting to hear too. And yeah, overall, as ever, a really interesting conversation with a dad that is super committed to his parenting and is very open and honest about some of the struggles that he's had. And we also have a really interesting and useful uh, tidbit at the end about dad fashion. And I think Judson has some yeah, has a very good point to make about dad fashion. So stay tuned at the end for that as well. So a really interesting conversation with Judson today. So please enjoy. Uh, so Judson, thanks so much for joining me on this podcast adventure today. I really appreciate you taking the time out to um, to connect. Thanks for having me on and thanks for doing what you're doing. I've been uh, learning a ton from uh, the guests on your podcast. It's awesome. It's great oh, to awesome. great to hear what you're doing is amazing. I appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, man. And um, so here you are, episode Judson. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so just I'll just do a little bit of background. So very briefly, you are a mm-hmm. ski guiding dad that moonlights as an entrepreneur um, in a nutshell. Um, and sure. you're the father to a two-year-old. Um, yeah. I have a two-year-old Griffin and my wife's wife's name is Kelly. Yeah. And we're here in Nelson, BC. So yeah, I'm a ski guide. You know, I've, I've worked as a ski guide for 15 years, 16 years now. And uh, I launched my own business guiding and avalanche education business in 2016. Um, And yeah, that's kind of been my most of my time thing. And in the summer, I, I don't, run the business per se in the summer i work in the background trying to make the winter better you know and then i've done a whole slew of stuff in the summer so i'm always just trying to figure something out that's going to work to patch together my summer i did a lot of years of firefighting i've worked uh, doing construction contracting work doing masonry all kinds of different different things so have you had to since being a dad do you feel Mm -hmm. more pressure to work in the summer now 
Oh yeah. I mean, I've always worked in the summer and yeah, being a dad for sure. Like, I mean, a lot of like launching the business was, and I was part of me wanting to be a dad. It was like, Hey, I met Kelly went through going through my guiding stuff and we're like, Hey, you know, the lifestyle in the winter you're leading right now, which is gone, you know, 75% of the winter living at ski lodges, you know, that's going to be really hard. And, and I saw that too. I was like, you know, a lot of my friends who are guides, you know, they'd be at these heli ski operations most of the winter and I'd see them, you know, just chatting with their family and know they were up there for 10, 14 days in a row sometimes away and then back for a few and then gone again. Uh, uh, you know, pe some people can do it. I wasn't sure if I could. And um, a lot of what guys in my professional do is they'll just work their butt off all winter and then take long periods off in you know, the spring and summer to connect with their families. And for me, I just was like, oh, that's going to be really hard for me to, to, to be away that much, especially when a lot of my summer at the time firefighting was away. So I was like, you know, I'm going to build something locally, you know, here and, and try to create a company. You know, there's almost no guiding operations in Nelson that you can go home at night. There's a few, but for the most part, it's not really a thing. And then even if you do, and this is the other lesson I've, I've learned is that, you know, the job is so involved and the days are so long that sometimes, you know, going home, you're not able to be as present and there, you know, I'm out the door, you know, six in the morning, I'm out, I'm back at six. I've had a huge day. I've been with clients. I've been with, you know, students all day, you come home pretty tired. So it's kind of like six of one half dozen of another, you know, everybody in the house is sitting down for dinner. You walk in the door, you're, you know, got to deal with all your stuff settled by six thirty-seven, And then it's like bedtime routine. So yeah. 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 But being home is super important for me. I, I want to, and also I just want to have something here, you know, like a, a lot of the guys who work for me in the winter, almost all of them have families. Cause if you're, you know, a ski guide in your early twenties or thirties, you don't have a family the, the, the incentive to work out of Nelson is not as high because, you know, going to heli ski up in Revelstoke or be at all the lodges all the time. That's kind of where the, the, the massive amount of fun is. And it's a little bit less good being around in right. town here in yeah, Nelson. For sure. So, yeah. So have you, it's, so since being a dad then, have, so have you managed to, when you're guiding in the winter, because it sounds mm -hmm. like the summer work you have too takes you away a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. No, I'm, I'm home. Like if I'm doing, I've been working for painting companies the last couple of years, I'm home. So for um, this year, this year. So I, I haven't fought fire since I was a dad. This is all new. This uh, year is me firefighting because I need to make money back from COVID. Uh, and there's so other COVID complications going on where I want to, I need to get back on financial footing and firefight for a couple of months. So I haven't, yeah, I haven't so it's done survival it survival right now. It's yeah, basically. Yeah, totally. This is me like just being like I, when I left firefighting in 2015 or 14, I never wanted to go back. I am doing it because of Griffin and Kelly and wanting to be a provider right now and being like, you know what, this last year was a bit of a write-off and it's not the worst thing in the world either. You know, when you think about like what our parents' generations or like my grandparents' generation went through in terms of having 
having to go away to war and you know even my great grandparents generation dealing with the spanish flu after the war then the depressions like yeah. having to work a summer fighting fires out of my house is not a it's not a big deal it's totally. all good yeah you yeah, know yeah. it's a it's it's one summer and we'll we'll push through and it'll be fine yeah but if i get sent on a trip to northern ontario or even northern bc for you know 14 days or gone 16 days it's it's not going to be easy you no. know it's going to be super hard i i'm i'm trying to mentally prepare myself for it but i don't know what that's going to be like you know yeah it's not easy totally but i think you got the right attitude right like you're right it's trying where we live it's not easy but it's it could be a whole lot worse and in some areas of the world it is a whole lot worse yeah and you know we're we're sitting here in nelson having dealt with the pandemic but barely had any repercussions from it here yes there's been some COVID around and whatnot but compared to a lot of other places it hasn't been that bad and we've had a lot of freedom over yeah. this past year compared to a lot of other people you oh, know yeah, for sure for yeah sure. we're living in it's really really lucky place right now we are i'm feeling super grateful um so it's just been that oh yeah belated uh happy father's day yeah you as well totally yeah did you have a good day i did actually yes i had a fantastic day it was awesome yeah played with griffin a bunch during the day i went on a big bike ride so i got to go on a bike ride in the morning and then we went for a walk with griffin and then kelly and i went out for dinner we had grandma came over and oh, babysat yeah. and then we went out for dinner and came home but then the most dad thing ever happened to me i, I that morning i woke up and i was like what is that smell and like we have Griffin's room, but I'm sleeping in it because of the sleep issues, which we'll get into in a little bit here. So it's half my room <laughs> with all of his stuff in it. Hence, you know, the listeners can't tell we're on Zoom, but you can kind of see the room behind me is kind of decorated. In oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I was like, what is that smell? And Kelly and I were trying to figure it out. And she was like, look, you've left a bag of dog poo in one of the pockets of your pants. And I'm like no, 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 no. It's a rat. There's been a rat. A rat has died somewhere because there's, I live in Nelson and there's rats in uphill. And so anyway, I came home for dinner and I was the whole dinner. I'm like, I, when I get home, I have to figure out what that smell is. Like this is so, yeah, I had to come home and find a dead rat that had died in my attic by the room. And that's what it was. And that was my whole evening was sorting that out and dealing with it so being the family man it just ended with oh now you got to deal with the dead rat um, so, <laughs> there's always yeah. something yeah so, there's given, always something given yeah. that it's been father's day what does being yeah. dad mean to you yeah you know i had a little facebook post about that um this weekend because i was kind of reflecting on it with uh with my dad and what my dad and grandpa you know did for me and what i what i think about it and one of the big things i think is like looking at the bigger picture looking at the long-term vision in the bigger picture of everything you have to take that on a little bit more you know than you would if you don't because 
yeah and you know that parenting is the long game it's the longest game of long games ever right so that's the biggest that's one of the biggest things for me with being with being a dad is just taking in the big picture just realizing that when you don't have your ducks in a row with certain things that's going to affect other things that are that are going on down the road that could affect somebody else yeah so then there's also the element of um there's the elements of uh connection of like connecting with another being and getting to see that lens through their eyes you know being like yeah they griffin is experiencing the world and a lot of stuff for the very first time and so being a dad you're there to help facilitate those things in the most positive way possible so that's huge and then there's there's the being an example right trying realizing you know maybe when you're flailing a little bit or not doing things right it's like you got to look in the mirror you got to pull your socks up it's harder to get to go down a bad road i i, I would hope anyway because you know you see your kid emulating everything you're doing and you know i mean i'm sure you know too like you know when you're a kid and you're a teenager you're like oh god i'm never gonna be like my dad i'm never gonna be like him right and now i'm like i hear myself right saying things that my dad said and i'm like that's my dad that was my dad and there's just no there's just no way around it right that's there is so true. no way around it there yeah isn't. and there isn't yeah and then there's like unconditional love right like knowing that there's that you just have that unconditional love for like another being that like yes you have that in your partner you know um but with a kid it's it's just this little bit different because what it is is it's instantaneous you never like you fall in love the second you see that that baby out there you were like okay everything changes right it's everything changes right it's yeah it's a whole you're you've entered the other side of something yeah i right? think yeah, that's true i think for me it was kind of, as just as you're saying that i felt yeah. for some reason i got this visual of me at the top of a roller coaster yeah for me it's like it's it was kind of a gradual like almost the fear as the yeah. at the birth yeah, and I descend rapidly as time goes on <laughs> into this like, but like you say, complete unconditional love. Yeah, but it's like it's almost it, it just become I don't know you just fill up your heart yeah. fills more and more like it feels like I was at the top of the roller coaster and then yeah. boom then I'm in, but yeah. I was a bit stunned. I'm not gonna lie, I've said it before. I was a totally. bit stunned at the birth. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Ah, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking scared yeah like scared of what am i gonna do the right things how do i know why he's crying like this is crazy yeah yeah you just kind of get launched from the hospital back into your own home and and yeah. then you go home birth and then maybe that's sure. a better way to go but i was like, i don't know it's yeah it's it's a yeah it's a trip right and yeah it's a it's being humble is the uh, is another one is being like you know what like i don't know this i don't know the answer to this right now i maybe I'm going to be expected to know the answer to something that I don't know. And so in a way you're like getting another job 
and your new job is way harder than any other job you had. You can't quit your other job. And then you also never learned how to do the job. Yeah. So you're just no, like, yeah, totally. I never went to school for this. I don't know anything. So, you know. <laughs> some high, high, high level Get, tech job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here, yeah, some high level tech job. But really, in the end, all you have to do is provide love. Oh yeah, really that's the most important thing is to to be there and provide that love. And chores. You also need to be able to do a lot of chores. That's you have true. to you have to find to the dead rats, clean Yeah, the dead you got to realize that when you come home from that dinner there's pr probably going to be something for you to do. You're no longer just going home and you're not watch you're watching Netflix and but, you know, my life's like uh, my parenting journeys may be a little bit different than others because, you know, I have other I have uh, I have other friends who are parents and I chat with them and they'll be like, oh, hey, did you did you see this like new show on like Netflix? And I'll just be like, are you, oh, what you you get to watch a show on Netflix? What are you like? What? I, <laughs> that's crazy. Like, Yeah. Like so I don't that have like time some, for that. That's um, sounds like some sleeping issues maybe going there. But yeah, hey, yeah. It, what I want to ask is, yeah. was it an easy decision for you to become a dad, or did it just creep up on you? Like for you know, for many of us, you wake up. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there wasn't a plan. You're kind of with someone, but you know, it becomes this yeah thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think like when I you know when I was in my twenties and you know I'm just working through my ski guiding stuff and being a ski bum and all that no no plans at all just being like i'm not gonna have a kid and then you know i met kelly and it was like oh okay this is i think i want to have a family you know and that's starting to creep up and you know the funny thing with her was that she was like oh i don't want to i don't ever want to give birth i don't want to have kids and she told me that for the first five or six years of our marriage and so i just shelved it i was like okay she doesn't want to have kids and we talked about adoption and we would adopt and that was kind of the plan and that's what kelly wanted to do but then started to go through the process of talking about adoption and her thing was the pregnancy thing which was kind of weird looking back on it because she was so good at being pregnant but she was just like I don't I don't I don't want to be pregnant and then all of a sudden she was just like I want to have a kid and I want to get pregnant and I was like okay and that happened right around when we were like 36 37 ish and then it was like okay let's do this thing and then um I we I get, Griffin came when I was 40 so it was three years of us trying and not happening and three years of us like it not occurring and being really having just constant streams of like disappointment of going to sleep, going to um, fertility clinics in Kelowna, talking to doctors, not finding anything out and being them saying, well, there's nothing here that says that you shouldn't be giving birth. So then starting to work through um, their process of helping us to the point where that didn't work. And then being like, man, we're, we're just, it's just not going to happen. And uh, it was extremely, extremely difficult because at that point we wanted kids so badly. We wanted to have a kid and going through 
that disappointment over and over and over again. So you went, did you go through IVF then? No, that was the choice that came up in front of us was, do you want to go do IVF? And so one of the fortuitous things along the way is we had had a friend who had had the same thing happen to her. And she did a whole bunch of research and she presented us the idea of uh, embryo adoption. And that's basically like IVF, but it's with somebody else's egg and sperm. And so the reason, so I, I believe like, I would love, I should have looked this up first, but IVF is something like 20 to 30% effective. And it's like eighteen to twenty thousand dollars. Wow! And you can do it over and over and over again and have it not work. And it's it's yeah. It, and you have to take pretty serious drugs, and it's extremely difficult, and it's extremely stressful. And so the rates were not that high. And so with this embryo adoption, because the embryo is already hatched, and they use young people's eggs and sperm, the embryos already did there what they do is they then take the embryo and implant it in uh, the female and so that's what we decided to do and we went all the way kelly went all the way to the czech republic and the deal with it is that after three rounds they're 86 percent successful and the whole process cost us five thousand dollars wow so yeah they were when they saw kelly they were like okay, a lot of the people, the stats with embryo adoption too, to consider are that a lot of people have already been through IVF. A lot of people have already are really struggling. So the fact that their rates are that high are taking into account that you're working with people who maybe have other things going on, you know, problems with their uterus or whatever that are happening, that's still 86% after three rounds. Right. So that's three rounds, 86 something percent. And they were just basically like, it's going to work. They, they were on the phone with us. They were like, you know, we feel very confident that this is going to work. And so Kelly flew over to the Czech Republic and uh, went, it, it, it's Brno, it's called the, the it's out, uh, outside of Prague, the uh, sister city or whatever. She flew over there, went into the office, put her on the table, put the embryo in her. She came home pregnant, just like that. And when she left, they were just like, oh, you're pregnant. It's all good. They were like, go relax in the hotel. So she just went. She went out on town in Brno that night. She just went out for dinner, took herself out, chilled, took a couple of days in Brno to see the city, and then came home and she tested for pregnancy. Yeah, she tested. Yeah, it was, we were, it was, yeah, it was, uh, she was all this test stuff. I was like, tested positive for pregnancy. (laughs) 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 Big COVID stuck in my head. Totally. But yeah, anyway, yeah, we got a positive test and we were, it was like, I'll never forget Kelly just scree like screaming, like, you know, just being just so ecstatic. And we're both just like, just tears streaming down her face just so happy you know and yeah and she carried uh griffin to term and so yeah it's a super interesting thing wow. right and do you and so why czech republic is that they're just seen as the leaders in this wow yeah we had an option the the second option that we looked into was either go there 
and they didn't guarantee it, but the other one was in California, but it was like $28,000 US, but they guaranteed it. And right. they were like, it, their guarantee was that if you don't get pregnant, we'll give you all your money back. Right. So you could just imagine the high level like debates that Kelly and I were having oh, I over bet. all of this stuff. Yeah. First IVF, then down this, down what road to take, where to go, like, you know, and to think we sought all this stuff out on our own. Like it wasn't yeah. like the, it wasn't like the Kelowna Fertility Clinic told us about this option. And people Did were people still with them about that once you found out this yeah we're like hey this is a thing and they were like oh yeah okay and it, it wasn't i don't know if it is now but it's not really a thing that's done here and i'm not a hundred percent sure why but regardless they are seen in czech republic as like the world leaders it's reasonably priced they know what they're doing they have extremely good numbers like that 86 something percent is it's just mind-blowing Man, i right? can't that, imagine going through the discussions you guys i mean think of some of the discussions that we have in our household yeah come close to to that yeah it was it was stressful it was it was really really stressful because you know we saw eye to eye on everything but in it, we didn't always at the beginning see eye to eye on everything on how it was going to work what we were going to do and how you know and so yeah, yeah, add into that, that during that whole time too, we're still trying to get pregnant on yeah. our own. Yeah, right. right? And, yeah. you know, the, yeah, it was, it was a dark, there was a dark, there was a dark few years there for us yeah. of just being like, yeah, realizing that it probably wasn't going to happen and how, and yeah, now looking back on it, it's like it all worked out as well as it could. You know? And I and wonder, you may be a stronger foundation. I totally, right? I totally. Yeah, I totally think so too. That's and, a lot to go through. Yeah. And a lot, you know, you wonder too, you know, I've had friends who have adopted kids and, you know, they're just like, just as in love with their kids you know, but that thought crosses your mind too. You're like, I'm adopting an embryo. It might not have, it's not going to have any of my genes. What does that mean? Do you, you have know? So here's and, a question? Do you yeah. have any um, knowledge of the genes of your child? Like, mm -hmm. do you, do you know where? Yeah. The one in the U S was unbelievable. You could like pick all this stuff on it. It was quite interesting. I was, it was almost frightening to be like, oh, wow, you can just be like, they, they're going to know what embryo has what by genetic testing and whatnot. <laughs> uh, um, but for us, what they did was they asked us, we filled out a survey of basically our body builds because they obviously don't want to, Kelly, you know, I'm five foot eight and Kelly's five foot four. She's like 120 pounds. They don't want to put a six foot eight person's baby in her, right? <laughs> so they, they, I think they first start with that and then they, they match your blood type. And I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent sure why, but they, they do blood type matches. I think maybe it makes it more successful or whatever, but that, that was a big thing is that we had to go get our blood types done and tested. I didn't even know what mine was, but um, so yeah, there was that. And then we filled out basically the traits we wanted in the people. So we knew that they were going to be university students I'm pretty into athletics. So I wanted a guy who was at university who was into athletics and into sports. 
that was my request and then kelly wanted she was like i don't care but she wanted art or she's she's artistic so yeah that was something that she was asking about so i don't know I, I maybe they have a couple that they just know produces these amazing babies and they're for, <laughs> for all I know that's what they do they're just like they got this one couple and they're like there's all these brothers and sisters I don't know any of anything about that and we're not we we can't find out who they are or anything like that no I imagine not no. so no. there's a bit of trust for you guys on that level did you get to speak to anybody that had been through it before um no no no, but we went down forums on the internet, right? So we were researching and reading forms of people at the clinic and talking about their experiences there, right? And then I went in afterwards and wrote a review for them and participated in it as well. We had lots of questions from people and we were able to connect with other people who had been through it. So right. yeah, personally, one-on-one, we didn't know anybody, you know, and a lot of people find out about this. Or, like I said, they're just like, I don't know. I don't like what I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons too, I wanted to go on this podcast is like, I want people to know, like, if you have a friend out there who's having trouble, like this is an option, you know, they're, they just push IVF on you. And there's other options that are, that are more fiscally reasonable and also way more successful. Right. And it all depends on your philosophy on whether or not you, you know, want to have, you know, your own genes there or not. Right. Right. I can say, looking on this other side, there's no way that I could love Griffin more if he had my genes. Nothing changes anything about it on, on this side of it. But maybe when you're first thinking about it, you might be thinking those things, but yeah. I can only speak for myself. Yeah. Yeah. You for know? Sure. Yeah. I've actually, my aunt, um, my dad's sister, she was adopted. Yeah. And my sister, my youngest sister, she was adopted as well. So I have some experience of adoption within the family, very little different. Yeah. But, it's... but one, one thought comes up to me, which is, have you thought about how you're going to approach, um, you know, this sort of story? With yeah. Whether you're going to, because my aunt, I remember, and I should actually double check that they don't mind me sharing this, but there was a story that the, all the kids, there was two brothers and a sister. There was a story they were told at a very, very young age, like a bedtime story. Yeah. Yeah. How Sarah yeah. arrived here and everything, which I thought was yeah. a lovely way to do that. And I wonder yeah. if you thought, yeah. Yeah, that, that is my plan. Um, and I've talked to Kelly about it as well. And, and we'll see when he's, when he's ready and starts asking about stuff like that. But to me, yes, it's like a story. There's mommy and daddy and mommy and daddy really wanted a baby and then couldn't have one. And then mommy had flew to the Czech Republic and she got a baby there and to, to turn it into some type of story and maybe make it a little bit more magical and add parts to it and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I think that that's it. That's an awesome way to go about it. And yeah, just one other thing too, you know, I'm on, we're on a podcast here. I'm making this kind of open too publicly for the first time I've told friends and whatnot. So anybody who's listening happens to know us, please don't like, you know, mention it out with Griffin around it. You know, like we don't want it that coming out first or him. The main concern was like, he goes to school and then some other kids know, and then they bug him. But He's going to know before that that's, that's my philosophy, but at the same time, it could be still very weirdness, young, right? right? What's he's that? Two? He's still What's very that? young. He's two. Yeah. Right? He's two. Yeah. He is. Yeah. 
yeah so in another couple of years it's going to be that time where we're going to have we're going to want to let them know what went on right yeah Yeah. wow what a story eh yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's working out yeah, it's yeah. Well, here judging we, here by the we fa- are judging by here the Facebook we- pictures, it's it's working out. You got some great, <laughs> some great dad and dad and yeah. child shots out there. Yeah, um, I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm loving him. It's so great. Yeah. So, how was it with COVID? Because COVID yeah. shut everybody down at home, and you know, you got a toddler. Yeah. And the house. Yeah, extremely difficult. It was yeah. extremely difficult on my business. Um, you know, I run a tourism business. My my business was like, you know, 55, 60% guiding, which of that was almost, was entirely tourist. So that was gone. And then, you know, having COVID happen here in Nelson, it wasn't so bad, right? So yes, it wasn't so bad, but, you know, there it just opened my eyes to like a lot of a lot of stuff that was going on and then as far as parenting the hardest thing is like not being able to have him see and be around friends totally that was and then always having to think yeah okay he's like COVID won't affect him but he could get COVID and give it to grandma that's the that was the thing. And we wanted grandma and before the vaccine, we wanted him to have his time with his grandma as much as he could. And so then it was like, okay, we have to be very, very careful here with what's going on because it's, yeah, you can just get it and then give it to other people. It's just a bizarre thing, right? (laughs) Not know you have it and, you know, yeah. So yeah, that like not going to play groups and losing that, that close, connection being inside with people during the winter that was kind of the hardest time we've done a lot to go out and see people and be around in the community and stay stay out out there and meet with friends and stuff but and now that it's summer we can do that again and now that the vaccine is here he had his first like hangout inside with one of his friends the other day and it was just so amazing to see them connect one-on-one for like you know, two, three hours and be like, wow, okay. They're like, they're connecting. Right. Cause there was no play groups or any of that stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you, that so was what, kind of the hardest. How was winter for you guys? Cause we're in a pretty snowy place here in the. Yeah. Winter is hard. <laughs> winter is hard. Right. Did you get to the ski hill? Was no, I, we weren't ready. He, he wasn't ready for it. And Kelly wasn't ready for it. And you know, I'm not, I, w- I didn't want to push him into that scene, you know, like without him being ready. Um, now, next year, he's going to want to do it because he's getting more and more into like doing things like that and, yeah. you know, pushing more- his bike around. Now it's like, okay, I can strap some skis on him. Next year, we'll get a pass and Kelly will go up and I'll take him up on my days off and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But for me too, it's like, I'm in the mountains so much. So I'm not pining often to um, get back into the mountains. And I know I started skiing when I was three and you know, that's even pretty early. Right. And (laughs) yeah, both mine started at two, but I got amazing. One was two and a half and he did good. Uh, My youngest was six months younger, just two years old. Yeah. It wasn't, we slid down the hill a couple of times. It's almost like you do it just to put a picture on Facebook, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which just I haven't, to get I have not there. done that, but yeah, just, <laughs> but for us in the end, it was like being up at the lodge and just being around. It felt yeah. like there wasn't a pandemic apart from the mask wearing. Yeah. 
when yeah. we got up there. And that yeah, was a totally, I've liked that. About totally. It. That's was, it was actually doing my, I, I have a really profound memory of doing my first course this year with students outside and having been through like being like, am I going to even have a business anymore to like having those first people in the mountains to being up on a ridge top to like looking around and not having masks on and being out in that fresh air and out there and being like, okay, you know, what I'm doing is providing people this opportunity to get out there and get out of it. And through the day, you kind of, I would constantly forget that the pandemic was going on, except for when we had to get close, like in a pit, then we'd put like, uh, we put our masks on. But for the most part, it was minimal thought about it. Also, the fact that COVID doesn't really spread outdoors, there's like almost no measured cases in the world of people giving each other COVID outside from casual right. contact. Right. So I felt very safe doing what I was doing. And then being like, being out there and being like, wow, we're coming back into town, everything would hit you as I was driving down the hill. I'd be like, oh, you're going back into this, you know, scenario. And right. Yeah. So it was. Quite when was being when was there. the date of that roughly uh, november like, 28th like beginning of december was my oh, first okay. courses of the year yeah. so right yeah did that continue through winter though or was it shut you were shut down again no i ran courses all year yeah everything slowed down in march that's usually prime guiding season i didn't have much guiding so business tailed off in march again so that's right. two years in a row where i've basically been done Right. Yeah. And last yeah, yeah. year was like the most profound one where it was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. 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 And um, so, but going back to being like sort of somewhat locked down, yeah. were there any positives for you that came out of it? Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a really good question. Like, <laughs> sure, turn, like, turn perfect, positive, like but... you're thinking like dad wise or you're thinking business wise, well, like anything. No. I'm thinking dad wise, because one thing I would say that a positive for us was having the, having our boy Indy, the age that he was, because he's well, similar age he's two and a half. So he's kind of so much, he's exploring so much in his body, just around the house. So he was like, you know, he's picking up his little ukulele and playing silly songs, dancing. (laughs) We do break dancing. We do an art and like this, he was really easy to entertain in a lot of ways. It was a real yeah. shame that we couldn't have connection with some, yeah. you know, other kids. But yeah. he was like, we were, we could almost some days just sit back and just watch him as yeah. better than better than TV. Like he's just entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for for us, um, I, I would say similar, totally. And this will get into a bit of our challenges, which we can get into in a sec, but Griffin's a really, really bad sleeper, really bad. And uh, we'll, I'll, t- I'll talk a little bit about it in a bit, but one of the things that happened with the lockdown and me just having full business shut down and reevaluating everything is I had that six weeks there, eight weeks to support Kelly, to be at home and be like, okay, Griffin got up, I'm going to take him for this night I don't have to go to work and so I had that six to eight weeks with him where you know sometimes we'd be up for two three hours in the night just the two of us doing stuff because that's what he would do because he was up then and uh yeah so so that was that was that was actually a positive that I that I got to do that and and hang out with him some nights and then also it 
it brought me to a place too with the pandemic of what's really important here, right? What's really important is family and being at home and dropping a lot of like the pressure of more and more and more with business of uh, that. I, I became a little bit more relaxed with certain elements of that. So right. that was good. Yeah. That's a huge positive. Yeah, totally. For sure. It's good totally. to be able to check yourself and realize yeah, what's important. Exactly. So what's yeah, the deal with so the sleep the stuff? Challenging. Yeah. So Griffin is not a good sleeper. He is the most energetic like out there kid that I, I think I've ever seen. You'll take him to a play group and he is just running the whole time. He's jumping off of stuff. He's back and forth. You take him to the park and he's just chasing birds and going for it like the whole time. And yet he can do that all day. We can have him out for four or five hours hiking and he could yesterday, he skipped his nap. Yesterday, he's like, I'm not going to nap today. He just couldn't get him to nap. And then he, so he went to bed last night at like 8.30 at, and with no nap. And then what he does is he wakes up every hour or two all night long. Does and he? he gets up and he needs to be like cuddled back, breastfed back, calm down. Sometimes he wakes up and he's like, it's morning and it's the middle of the night. And we have been through the ringer with this man. Like, wow. Uh, we have been to, we've been to two sleep specialists. We have, uh, yeah, we've been through the ringer. And since Griffin was, I guess, like six months old, all this started, we thought the sleep was bad at the beginning, but no, he was sleeping in four or five hour chunks here and there, which was awesome. And that, that would be good. considered incredible at this yeah. point. You know, like the odd, every couple of weeks, he'll pull a four or five hour stint in a row. And we'll be like, wow, he just slept for four or five hours. So yeah, sometimes when you're hanging out with other parent friends and they're like, it's so tough. So-and-so woke up twice last night and he only slept for five hours in a row. And we'll just be like, oh my God, <laughs> you, live in, you live in heaven right now. But um, he always wanted close physical contact while he was sleeping. And right. so he wanted, he, he was... Um, yeah, he liked to be cradled. He liked to be held. He, he was a swaddle baby, you know, swaddling. He was all into the swaddling. And the more I swaddled him, the cozier I got him, the longer his stints were. Yeah. And yeah, so when we started, when he started transitioning out of that, the fourth trimester phase, he never really wanted to leave that being held while he slept. Right. So there was a lot of periods like during, I remember just being there during the pandemic and he wanted to sleep in his, um, in his, uh, Oh, what's that uh contraption you wear? That's like a backpack that faces forward. Um, the ergo. Yeah. The ergo facing your body. And if he was in that, he would sleep for four or five hours. And the second I would pull him off and try to put him down, it's like a hot potato, like oh, yeah. holding a hot potato. You'd be putting him down just so gently and have to get him down and then make sure there were blankets on him right away. And then sometimes like you'd be like, okay, I'm done like two minutes. And then you go to like lie down and he would wake up. Ah. And so yeah. you're just facing that constant thing. And it's not like he just wakes up. It was like he would wake up and freak out. Oh, so you're yeah. not like, oh, I'm just going to leave him. He'll go back to sleep. I remember like one night I actually got him to go back to sleep without picking him up. And I thought I had like 
you know, defeated the system because, yeah. you know, I'm working through all of this stuff with the, uh, with the sleep specialists and they're like, Hey, do this. And one night it worked. And I was like, yes, I did it. I stroked his head the right way. And I got him <laughs> to sleep without picking him up. And then the next time it didn't work. Right. And so then when I went back to work, I, I, I couldn't do it anymore because I can't get up all night long and then go to work. I, yeah. I won't be safe with what I do. So then that puts it on to Kelly. And so, yeah, I will, I will say this about all of that. And this is a big message to parents. Like, it's a thing that happens to some kids. Some kids have this and they don't sleep well and they're terrible sleepers. And sometimes they outgrow it right away because I've, we've gone through the Facebook groups, the other, the support groups, and there are other kids out there who have this. And so we're, we're aware of that. And you know, the two sleep specialists we've been to, the one lady's got her PhD and she's like, you guys are like a case study for a textbook. Like oh, that's yeah? how, yeah. She's like, this is how hard you, your, your journey is here. Is that she's right. like, I don't know if I've seen another parent. We've done everything. Well, you want and, an athlete, right? So yeah, like, totally. He's ready sure. to go. I just, yeah, <laughs> he's ready to go. And it's not like he really gets affected by it. That's the thing. Like wow. when he wakes up in the morning, he's mostly, he has the odd bad day, yeah. but he doesn't really have that many bad days. It's, oh. it's Kelly's having the bad day. No doubt. But yeah, what this brought me into too, was the whole world of sleep training and what's going on with it and giving, learning a lot about that because it's a very hot button topic. Yeah, and one sure. of my big annoyances with parenting is parents pushing sleep training and I feel like it's like once they've decided to do it I don't judge them that's fine they can do sleep training all they want they can do whatever but we've decided not to do sleep training and if you say you don't do sleep training they're then well it's your fault that this is what's going on right and the people who are against sleep training are like sleep training's the worst thing in the world. It's baby torture. And the people who are for sleep training are like, if you don't sleep train your kid, you deserve this. Right. And there's very little middle ground with it. And me as a middle ground practical person, I kind of think I sit in the middle of the whole thing. And I'm like, you know what? Same, I get actually. what you guys are saying. And I get yep. what you guys are saying. But the sleep training people are like, it's like they once they've decided to do it they want to justify it right and justifying it is telling you why you should do it yeah even though sometimes it doesn't work i know so many people who have done sleep training and had it not work or had it work for a month and then it not work and then do it i know people who have sleep trained their kids three or four times oh really wow yeah so that's like and that's going through the cry it out method yeah and i'm just like and you know, and then even people who don't have kids will tell me to sleep train the kid, just put him in his room and let him cry. That's what they say. And like, I swear, man, it's so annoying. I like, I'm, <laughs> I, it's true. I hold everything back to like, not tell people off when they start uh, in on that, if they yeah. haven't had kids, because yeah. I've been down this road yeah. and it's like them saying like, I don't know anything about it. Like, like I know this guy on the street, you know how to get my kid to sleep. 
you know, like, like, come on, dude, like, you do not know, you do not know my son, you don't know anything about him, you haven't seen him at night, you don't know anything. I was just laughing the other day, we were just like, you imagine trying to have him in a room right now, like he can unlock our front door, he can pull himself up on the door handle and unlock the deadbolt to the front door of the house, and then get let himself out and he's two. Wow. Okay. He can, he is an athlete. Yeah. He can climb, he can climb in and out of those uh, contraptions, any crib. There's no crib that's going to keep him in. The only thing that can, that we can keep him in this hat locked into something would be inside a cage. And I'm like, you want to put him in a cage and then what? Like just, he he'll just scream and scream and freak out. I'm not doing that to him. No, you can't. I think you just you have, you have to find what works for you, basically, yeah. and figure and, it out. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we're, and the, the, the thing is with him is it changes all the time. What works? Right. So like he throws a curveball every few weeks and we're like, Hey, we got into a rhythm. We figured it out. Oh, here's the curveball. And I know one day it's all going to end, right? It's all going to be fine. And the thing is, is that he's fine. And Kelly finds ways to adapt with things that are going on, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, you know, but yeah, yeah, like when he just randomly skips a nap, you know, it's like you can't make other people sleep. That's been the big learning too. You can't just be like, okay, go to sleep, like plead with them, you know, (laughs) do you Please, when you do nap time sleep. do you are you moving do you have to because with my kids with actually india my two-year-old he's not too mm-hmm. bad like he can go down for a nap in the house but if yeah. he's in a stroller he'll he'll sleep hard for three hours but my yeah. other boy until he was two and a half you he had to be moving in my experience what his mom did i wasn't sure but with me he had to be in a car he had to be in a stroller like i couldn't stop moving otherwise yeah. he'd wake up transferring him was a nightmare yeah but yeah yeah but so that's that the shifted. thing two and yeah. a half shifted for sure okay good and my yeah, two-year-old for... has not been an easy sleeper he's no. been very very sensitive but he's now now he's really good now he'll go down at like i say seven he goes down happy at seven but he may yeah. stay awake singing to himself and then he'll get up mm-hmm. usually about five between five and six yeah but that's good that's an improvement yeah it was never yeah. like that early on yeah so yeah yeah well i feel so for him for napping is like he's he's all about sleeping the boob gets him to sleep oh that's the magic recipe right so yeah that's he he's not good at going down on his own without that one-on-one comfort chill out thing sounds like it's for you at this point it's probably mostly just supporting kelly yeah exactly right a hundred percent exactly that's what I'm doing. So yeah. as a business owner yeah. um, in your own home, given yeah. you got the sleep issues and you know, you want to hang out with this super energetic two-year-old. Yeah. What does a typical day look like for you as an entrepreneur? Like with the, <sighs> and the dog, yeah. you got a dog as well. Yeah. yeah we got uh, a dog. Yeah. That's, that's as much work as a toddler <laughs> can be. Well, these days Griffin's sleeping in. So I'm usually up at like seven, get myself going. I'll either, if I'm, got a day of training i'll go for a bike ride first thing in the morning and get that done early and if i do that i get up at six then i come home and then um i'm working part-time doing painting so if i work if i have a day scheduled for the painting i will go and do that and that starts at eight and then i'm usually home at four and then i'm making dinner 
And then after dinner, Kelly's usually having a shower, a bit of her time. And then I hang out with Griffin and we do stuff. Um, uh, and then if I'm not going to work, I'm trying to work out of my house, which has been, you know, that's another problem with a two-year-old, as I'm sure you might know, is yeah. that's very, very hard. I basically say it's like somebody like a little terrorist following you around trying to disrupt everything you're doing. <laughs> it's like, Oh dude, I've know, had to blockade the door with furniture. Yeah. If yeah. he's at home when I'm trying to do something, trying to work, <laughs> I've had to fully, fully blockade it. So, yeah, do, you, so do you figure yeah. that out? Cause you're working, you said you're working online a bit too. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to create content for um, courses right now that I'm running in the winter. A lot of my training now uh, for at least what I used to deliver lectures for avalanches. And now I've moved all those lectures online so people can do them from the comfort of their home, which is a huge bonus, but it's also incredibly difficult to do and pull off. One of the big challenges, right. Is, um, is the separation of work and parenting. That's super hard for me. And I'm actually getting a little, I'm getting better at it to be like, okay, it's 5.30. I'm turning my phone on off. Of, of course, I'm on standby now until 6.30. So as soon as that 6.30 hits, I got to turn my phone on the do not disturb mode and then, you know, do that. And then, so then, and yeah, it's dinner, hang out with Griffin, and then um, get him to bed. Usually, like he's sometimes not going to bed till nine thirty. And then I'm doing chores, cleaning the house, and then I get to sit down, play a little bit of guitar, and then go to bed and repeat. Right. You know. And then it's some weekends I'm working too. So some Saturdays I'm working to try and catch up if I've had a busy week where I had to work painting a bunch or had to go firefighting or whatever it was. I got to work on the business. Then I'm working Saturdays, and then I'm trying to unplug on Sundays. Right. That's the goal. Do you and have like try a, to unplug? Yeah, right. no doubt. Well, when you run your own business, it's 24 seven, isn't it? On some it's level, it's kind of on some level. It can be for sure. You Certainly try your in the best head. in the head. Yeah. It can be sure. things ticking over. So how do yeah. you do? Do you have a regular, maybe even a daily routine with the family? Is that dinner time when you guys all come yeah. together? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah Usually like cool. 530 to 730 is like, we're getting together. Yeah. And on weekends, yeah. I make sure I have a day on weekends. It's dedicated to Griffin to going out with them during the day as best. Just you guys. No, usually Kelly's there. I, uh, I will get to hang out with them in the afternoon or whatever, but yeah, there's definitely quality one-on-one -on -one time, mostly yeah. in the evenings. If Kelly's right. like, Hey, I'm going to go have a shower, all that. He's quite mom focused, of course, because he's spent because I work so much. He's really, really into her. So yeah, that can be that is a challenge. That is definitely a challenge because sometimes well, she'll go have a shower and I get too. the like mom, mom, mom. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mom's upstairs. Like, let's like, let's go do something, you know. So yeah. and I'm not as fun as her either <laughs> right now. She's she's a pretty fun person. So I'm trying to up my fun level to be like, you know, meet what she can provide. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's his funnest but, thing to do is at two? Because we got a trampoline and a bike. Yeah, trampoline. Those might be the two biggest that's trampoline. Good. We Burn got him out. A, a mini trampoline. 
Um, and then there, there's a bigger one in the neighborhood that we restrict to small amounts of use. And the reason for that is apparently it's hard on their bodies when they're this age to be on the bigger trampoline. Uh, it's not good on their joints, I was warned. And uh, we looked it up and apparently it's true. So we've got a small trampoline. And yeah, he's all over. He's all about that trampoline. Airplanes, trampolines, dogs. Yeah. yeah. Bike, Chasing. run bike, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's on the run bike, but he's not that into it yet. He's still like, uh, yeah, it's, but yeah, yeah it's, we yeah. live across from a playground. Take him to the playground. He's good yeah. for like two hours. Kick a yeah. ball. You got a two-year-old. Kick a ball, right? It's amazing. Yeah. Just the simplest things they're so into. Yeah, it's so awesome. True. Yeah. So do you, how do you get dad time? Do you have a dad squad? Like, do you have friends? Yeah, so yeah, I've got lots of good friends who have dads. Of course, the pandemic disrupted that big time you know, but I have a bunch of good dads that I can call who I'm just like, Hey, this is what's going on. This is where I'm at. And I can have a two hour conversation on the phone with them. Oh, I've got cool. a bunch of dad friends who have been through it. I've some of my best friends. They've, they've been through the whole thing. Their kids are just moving out. I've got other friends who are newer dads. So I got a ton of good dad connections to make. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, That's and now I got I you to chat with too. Yeah, you know, stuff like this is super valuable, right? And uh, you know, I saw your podcast. I was like, oh man, I got to connect with this guy. And yeah, it's, and we got two year olds. Yeah, two, exactly. Two crazy little runarounds. Totally. Yeah. I know. Our, our child is also high, high level of activity. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, and it's, it's fun. fun. I love. I yeah. love it. It is fun. fun. But it's we're fun. lucky. I have yeah a lot of compassion for you with the sleep thing because yeah. our, our boy does sleep for sure. Because mum finds it well, we both find it hard to miss those, get not yeah. get that quality sleep time. Right? Yeah, it's brutal. Um, yeah, just brutal. So, do you get? Have you changed? I'm wondering as a skier and as an yeah. outdoor yeah, activist, good, if you like. Yeah. What's your risk management like now? Have you huh, shifted? That's a good question. So, I mean, I've always been acutely aware of risk procedures of what I've done. So I don't know if I have changed that much because I've been out there with fathers and sons before. Everyone, uh, you know, is somebody's son or ha has kids for the most part. So that has always been something I've been acutely aware of. So I haven't changed all of that much but overall in life as you become a dad your risk starts going down on everything because you start seeing that that face and you're like oh man like he is 100 relying on me um getting in the car driving safely all of those things you know so yeah in my job i wouldn't say that i've be i i would say overall in my job, it's a high risk job, I've become less and less risk tolerant as I progressed. Whether you know, Griffin was a part of that, I don't know. But having a few backcountry incidents pulls pulls down your risk tolerance. And that's just something I think that goes along with the career, for the most part. But yeah, being safety oriented now as a dad, that's, that's, that's a thing yeah for sure yeah for sure you know? and also just on a practical level like i really enjoy i took up skateboarding i've just mm -hmm. gotten my first ever downhill bike the other day and i just want to be out there playing with them you know yeah on some level because i think that connection that you get when you do those activities is amazing yeah so do you spend a lot like is outdoor and nature is that a big part of because you are a guide is that a big part of your focus with griffin yeah, I definitely like getting him out in nature. I can't wait for him to be old enough to go into the mountains with me. And uh, 
go and pull off hikes or go backcountry skiing with me. I, I am jonesing for that. Skiing I try to get amazing. him out as much as I can. Yeah. yeah. Camping yeah. yet? No. With the sleep, we've just been oh, like, yeah. we don't want to do that to the rest of the campground at this point. But it, it's also, it's a lot to go camping. I, I think we would do it. And we're, I think next year. I don't think anybody's in any rush in this house to get out camping. <laughs> we will be next year. Like, regardless, we're just going to go and do it. Like, yeah, yeah last you just got to start. Last weekend, you know. we did exactly that. We have a blackout tent, though, which really helps. Oh, nice. Well, that's a good way to go. Gonna okay. Get a blackout tent. Oh, that's a hot tip. Blackout tent. Blackout tent. You know what? And totally. I laughed about it, but yeah. um, the wife wanted to get a, a queen blow up mattress which came yeah. with an electric pump. So it's yeah. a pop-out blackout tent. So you just one yeah. flick of your wrist and it's up. You stick yeah. the mattress in, you blow it up with the electric pump, boom. And yeah. honestly, we're sleeping, like he'll sleep in almost better than, than he, or as, as well as he would at home. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's we're hoping out. that maybe outdoor sleeps will help him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. fresh air. That's, yeah, like, we're hoping. Try anything at this Something. point. Yeah, anything. <laughs> sleep on the deck let's sleep on the roof let's go anywhere yeah totally uh, hey listen yeah. i know you yeah. gotta go in a couple minutes yeah here. yeah yeah so let's round it off with um yeah and i'm sure we'll do this again at some point yeah but if you could whisper in your ear as an ex when you're an expectant father or if offer a piece of advice to any other dads listening that do have babies or are about mm -hmm. to become dads mm -hmm. what could you say Listen to your instincts when it comes to things. You have a strong dad instinct. They talk about the mom instinct. You have that as well as a dad and listen to that. You know what's going on with your kids. You know, listen, and then be prepared for the go on the other side of the porthole. Like you're entering, like nothing will be the same if you're when after you have that kid it, and it really is the most life shifting thing that can possibly happen and once you enter that other side you see all those other dads you're like okay i get it i get you i get i totally get you, <laughs> you <know? laughs> isn't it crazy that like until you're a dad you just until you have your a kid if you're a mom or a dad yeah like wow how, how did I not know how crazy this was going to be? Yeah. Like, it's like you come into this secret club that isn't really secret, but yet yeah. you never really know until you're in it yourself. Yeah. How, and they all said it, it was, it's crazy. They're like, it's crazy. And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. You're just, yeah, whatever. And then you do, you're like, oh, actually, yeah, this is, this is, nuts. it's nuts. This is nuts. <laughs> it is nuts. <laughs> But it's awesome yeah, and then well. you know, fashion-wise too. You know, you talk about dad gear. A lot of guys are gonna tell you, you know, okay, you're a dad now, and you can wear socks and sandals. And it's like, you know, like don't like like that's an advanced dad move. So like, if you're like a new dad and you're in your 40s and you got a two-year-old and you go out with the socks and sandals, the older dads that are socks and sandal ready, they're gonna look at you like a show off. So don't start showing off and put the socks and sandals on right away, right? Like you gotta wait, you gotta have a couple kids, you gotta be over 50. You know, there's an application process that goes on. Just don't start doing it or you're gonna get ostracized, right? That's the a good dads point. will not, yeah. they will not like that, okay? So go easy on the dad it. fashion. Yeah, and cargo pants, man. You gotta put the cargo shorts on 
because you need all the pockets. You got it. You need those pockets. Put the get, get those cargo shorts. Load up the pockets. Yeah. Do you have a fanny yeah. pack yet? Well, yes, I do, but I haven't pulled it out because again, that's like that's it's at the soon. level. It's too. It's it's at a level where the other dads are gonna look at me and be like, "You only have a two year old. You're not ready for the fanny pack, dude." <laughs> So <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. What about corduroy? Yeah. Corduroy pants? Oh, I don't have corduroy yet, but that's that's a good one. That's going back. That's like 90s style. It totally it'll is. it'll make a comeback. It's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, be at the forefront yeah. of that. Yeah. Because it's really comfortable. Yeah, it is. Sort of wear. I know. I'm gonna go get some corduroy. That's what that I'm fashion. Do now. I really need take to take off. Do we need to yeah. talk more. This is a whole other episode <laughs> yeah, on dad totally. fashion. You should do a dad fashion episode. I think it's yeah. important. Yeah. <laughs> get all the dads to send in their best dad fashion and get it out on there. Get it up media. on record it on YouTube. You need yeah, the totally. dad YouTube channel. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Hey and man. Yeah. Thanks. It's super fun to connect. And yeah, I know you thank have to get you. to the, you're off yeah, to the fire of station yeah. now, right? Yeah. Buy yep. some fires or what? No, there's nothing going on right now, but I got to go out there and uh, prep everything up. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, well, we got 39 degrees coming up this week. So let's hope we don't get any forest fires. And yeah, I know. Me too. I know. I, what I don't want, like forest fires are a natural, healthy part of the ecosystem. So fires are good. But what we don't want is those fire seasons where there's so much smoke oak that you can't go outside that's infuriating yeah. and it's yeah. really really depressing and i don't ever want to see that we have a big air filter we bought actually yeah nice so we're ready we're yeah ready i'm for thinking it, about it yeah. yeah i know okay well thanks well, for man. doing all this blue thanks for doing what you're doing thanks buddy Appreciate and thanks it. for jumping yeah. in on the podcast yeah. huge yeah. share so thanks for sharing what you yeah did. of course yeah thank you okay bye we'll for be now. in touch okay buddy yeah. see ya bye. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders. And a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next time.